LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Christian ministry every week. Mm, How are we going with that? Well, this is our 100th episode. Oh, wow. Champagne sounds. Amazing. Yeah, pop the cork. Yep. Uh, 100 episodes. Uh, Mm. To think that's like two years of uh, catching up with you, Derek, and waxing lyrical about Christian ministry in Australia. And what people don't know is this is the only time we ever speak. When we're on air like this recording. It is. It is. Actually, we don't have a... We've got a very cold relationship outside of the uh, mm. the room. Mm. I say leave everything on the field, and we have left a lot on the field. You have been saying that a lot recently. <laughs> yeah, you have. It's good. I like it. Now, okay. if this is your first time listening to this podcast, we are proudly brought to you with thanks from the Geneva Push and Australian Church Planning Network. We're also part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and we've got 99 other episodes that you can check out on our podcast page. But for now... You've pressed play on episode number 100 of The One Thing, Is the Tide Rising? And look, I'm excited about this one. 100, we have a very special guest on today. Uh, We've got, let me introduce him, and Scott's going to tell us the topic, but let me introduce who we've got for our 100th episode of The One Thing. We've got Sam Smart from the Centre for Public Christianity. He's the Executive Director. Uh, You'll have heard of Simon, is my suspicion. Uh, He's an author. He's written, For God's Sake, An Atheist, A Jew, A Christian and Muslim Debate Religion. He's the editor of A Spectator's Guide to Worldviews, which I've had on my shelf and given away numerous times over the years. It's excellent. Um, And not given away in a bad sense. That sounds bad. In a positive way. In a positive way. Um, He's uh, a co-writer of a historical documentary called For the Love of God. How the Church is Better and Worse Than You Ever Imagined, which will tie into what we're talking with him about. And it is a huge privilege uh, to have Simon on The One Thing for our 100th episode. Welcome, Simon. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Derek. I feel a bit privileged myself being the 100th episode. Good to be in. You should feel privileged. That's one of the longest yeah. introductions I think we've given someone as well. We normally just Rightly go, so. G'day, this is Simon. He works for CPX. <laughs> when you said you've had that book on your shelf, I thought you were going to say, I haven't actually gotten around to reading it <laughs> no, yet. No, I've read it many times. Oh, that's good. Yeah, good. I used it when I was, I used it regularly when I was a chaplain. In fact, I've used loads of uh, Simon's material when I was teaching kids. Oh, you guys are making me feel good. I was with that James, you remember that James Squ- uh, Sire one? Mm-hmm. Um, that was excellent. That and yeah. the Worldview once with the good Yeah, that was a lot better than the one I did. No. No, nah, yeah, yours was easy, easy to read. Yep. Yeah, um, you know. Good. Now, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about is the tide rising? We're actually looking at uh, Christianity in Australia. So it is great to have Simon uh, uh, in with us to talk about that. Because I guess if you were opening up the newspaper, um, if you were with us sort of 12 to 18 uh, months ago, you know, post sort of uh, the same-sex marriage debate, you'd be sort of asking the question, wow, you know, Christianity is on the way out. Where, uh, you know, is there a a hope? Uh, One of the phrases that I've I've heard, though, you know, around the traps is a phrase from Mark Sayers where he's talking about the fact that the, the tide has, has been going out and is and is going out, but potentially we're at a tipping point. And one of those things, one of those bits of data points that we've we've seen is for the first time in, you know, decades, uh, the church sort of attendance has actually um, plateaued out and is is on the rise. Now, it's only a very little bit, and, and those stats include Catholics, and they also include still a whole bunch of people who think regular attendance is only turning up, you know, once a month. Uh, or a few times a year, but but there there seems to be a tipping point. Um, 
So tell us, is the tide is the tide <laughs> rising? Is it is it about to change? Well, it might be. It's hard to know, isn't it? Hard to predict these things. But it's it is true that the what was a precipitous fall in church attendance has seems to have plattered out, maybe gone up a little bit. So I, I used to say once a month, about 15% of people, that's now about 16%. Mm. Uh, it depends what sort of mood you're in on any given day, how you want to think about that. But yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the, the suggestion that it's sort of going to just continue to fall, I don't think is realistic. And there, there are reasons to think, if, especially if, if you're a believer, there are reasons to think this will not uh, it's not going to go away. There's been plenty of times over in history where Christianity's sometimes actively been suppressed, mm. but it seems to just find ways of coming up again. And I'm confident that it's not going to disappear. And there's lots of reasons for that. And not only the ones we might get to, but there's things like um, just the, the, peop- the, the longings that people have that I think Christianity speaks so powerfully to uh, is one of the reasons I, I don't sort of get overly depressed by what can be you know, otherwise thought of as a bit grim, the statistics. Now, we, we, I mean, we have God's promises uh, that he will build his church. <laughs> right. We have the history of the, you know, the, the, the Israelites in terms of that remnant, you know, that remnant theology as well. But 2,000 years of the church being oppressed and growing and oppressed and yes. growing again and again. And then, I mean, then looking at China, I mean, China and, mm. and Africa. Yeah, well, the church uh, is booming around yeah. the world, yeah. actually, but just not in Western countries. Yeah. And you, you know, it's true to say, you know, it, it, people sometimes say, yeah, the church is dying out. It, it's, it's absolutely true. Pe- people who are Christian have to face up to this. In, the, in Western countries, yeah, we've moved very quickly away from a time where people uh, went to church. But, but even beyond that, just had a shared sort of sense of language or concepts in terms of what Christian faith is. So I think Christianity itself is becoming a very foreign thing for so many people today. Yeah, one of the videos we might put in the show notes is, is of Stackhouse on the CPX website where, where he sort of labels <laughs> Christianity weird. Yes. And I, I mean, I don't think of myself as weird. I mean, Derek, there's a, well, few, you know, a few foibles, but, um, <laughs> but, but Christians as weird. Yeah, I think the point that, that John Stackhouse is making there is um, Christians have to recognize how strange their beliefs are to so many people. There are so many people today who are not consciously rejecting Christianity. It's just that they haven't had any sort of meaningful connection with it at all. And so mm-hmm. a lot of things that Christians take for granted, like you know the crucified Messiah idea, someone dying on the cross, that that has some sort of cosmic significance, takes a bit of unpacking. And you couldn't just assume that people will, A, know what that means or even... Uh, relate well to it. So there's there's many ways in which Christians need to recognize where people are at today, mm. um, understand their thinking about the church and about faith itself in order to communicate well with those people. I think sometimes we should, you, you, you're not going to communicate well if you don't know where people are at, where your audience is at. And there's no doubt that for many people in Australia, they're a long way from the, from the church. Could you describe to us where you where you're seeing people are at? What are they like? How are they perceiving and responding to Christianity? Yeah, the the church as an institution, there's no doubt, is on the nose, and there's there's lots of complex reasons for that. But people uh, feel a kind of resentment about the church, the power it's held, the way it hasn't used that power well. Often, uh, the way it's the perception is there's been a lot of 
um, hypocritical actions on, on behalf of the church. And of course, if you look at Christian history, there's an awful lot of fodder for the critic. Uh, it's true that Christians um, have behaved awfully. At you could do it. Yeah, I mean, you could do a documentary you, or something. You, like, you could. You? you really could. You could. And, That's a good uh, idea. We've had, a, as you mentioned, we had a go at an answer <laughs> to this question: Has Christianity actually been good or bad for the world? And we, we our for the love of God documentary tried to have a sort of sober yeah. uh, reflection of that. But there's a sense too where people um, are suspicious of religious people's motives. I'd say both ignorant of the belief, but also suspicious of the motive. Mm, mm. I think that's a very difficult place to be in, in terms of you know, Christians who are trying to kind of convey the faith to other people. We have to recognize that and therefore, um, I think anyway, uh, speak and relate to people accordingly and understanding not just what you'll say, but how it might be heard. Mm. I think sometimes we don't do that very well. well we're going to take a, a quick break and we'll push back into some of this a little bit later. But uh, we've, got a, uh, we, we've got you, special episode of Toolbooks. Well, I'd really love to hear, what, what are you reading at the moment that is just helping you engage into, into this issue? Well, right at the moment, I'm reading Christos Cholkis's book, Damascus, which is a novel all about the Apostle Paul and his life. And it is stunning, shocking. And stunning, uh, put piece together from not a, not the a New believer. Testament. Yeah, it's um, um, but he's this author of books like The Slap and Barracuda, mm. a very popular writer. He's immersed himself in the writings of Paul wow. for over a year, and written this book. Now, Christians will look at the. I mean, it's an awful book in lots of ways. Horrible, brutal, um, and lots of Christians won't like parts of it because it's there's a sort of heretical kind of ideas in it. However, I will say this about it. It has been able to, in a way, in an imaginative, creative way, been able to show how radical Christianity was in the first century in a really mm. wonderful way, mm, mm. in a way that we said in our documentary, but this makes you feel it kind of in your mm. gut, the, the re- attitude to women, the attitude to, the, to servant heartedness, the attitude to the fact that you might be in the same room, let alone speak to a slave or someone lower born than you. And the way Christianity turns the ancient world on its head, he has done an incredible job of capturing that. Okay. Now, you mentioned Stackhouse. Yes. Uh, what what's a good entry level book to engage with Stackhouse? Well, he's done lots of different books. Humble Apologetics is a good book for people who are interested in that sort of topic. I liked his book. I don't know if it's entry level, but I liked his book, Making the Best of It, um, and it's he said calls it Following Christ in the Real World. It's quite a pointed subtitle, mm. and I, and captures a little bit of what I've been saying here is. People who are trying to communicate Christianity to people have to recognize where people are at if they have any hope of connecting with them. And for those who don't read lots? They should get on the CPX website (laughs) and watch the video, which will summarize this for them. Excellent. That's really helpful. Uh, CPX has loads of videos with great authors, great uh, Christian thinkers from all over the world. Jump on the website. And you guys are you know, wanting to do more of that. And dare I say, to add to your podcast list, this one, the Life and Faith podcast. We can cross promote, yeah. Oh wow, he's done two cross promotions. I don't that's know if all we right. can do that. I feel like we're gonna have, I think no. I feel like we're gonna have to make this hundredth episode sponsored by the Bible Society. Yeah, that's all right. I'm having to invoice later. That's fine. <laughs> and so what's it gives a brief synopsis of what's that one? Life and Faith? Yeah. Well, it's a attempt by us to talk about every possible 
aspect of life and give a Christian perspective to well, it. I heard Justine Toe the other day on, you know, just had a, had a listen the other day. It was quite helpful. She's fantastic. Mm, she yeah. Excellent. That's great. Uh, let's head back in. I want to ask you, you've got this great quote. Now, I don't know whether you're, uh, how about you give the quote? Because I think you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. That, that for oh, me, can I do it? Can I do oh, it? Oh, you want to do oh, it, I want to do it. Yeah, right. it and then you can do it in your better voice than mine. Uh, not my girly voice. Uh, there's a thin layer of resentment over a sea of, a- of apathy. That's you describing the culture in Australia at the moment. Yeah. You, you can say it better. You say it better. Well, I do think this. I call this a thin layer of resentment. When we're talking about the, uh, the Australian culture's attitude to Christianity, a thin layer of resentment. You know, I kind of, I'm annoyed about the church. Can't really remember why, but I have this sort of resentment. But it's thin. I don't think it's, it's super formed. But over that, perhaps an even greater challenge for people who are trying to convey this message is a sea of apathy. We're very good in, in Australia at distracting ourselves from the deep questions of life. And so we have great ways of entertaining ourselves uh, in a way that kind of avoids these deeper questions. So I do think that's a, a huge challenge because Christianity, we want to say, answers these deep longings that people have. But if you're not even thinking on that level... That's a hard message to get. When I, I sometimes I, I live in a, a nice part of Sydney in the northern beaches, and sometimes I'm going off to church and seeing the thousands of people heading to the beach. I think you know the sense of are they thinking something's missing in my life? I need to go to church. Maybe not, but I do. Having said that, I do think our culture's struggling in in really mm. important ways that might give reason to hope that well, the message we have is going to connect with people. So as we start to talk about that, and I want to talk about the positive opportunities we've got, you've got a great story about uh, your friend, your book launch uh, and your wife's friend. You have any share? Because that, for me, when you, I heard you tell it a little while ago, just thought that is, that's where people are at. Um, yeah, well, when we launched the, the book, um, which was me, me with two atheists and a Muslim, and we had a, had a, had a fun launch uh, with lots of atheist people, I think, including a good friend of ours uh, who came along. And said, I'm cheering for the atheists on this night. And I was on this panel and and I was like, great, it'd be great to have you there. And uh, she came and it was just this, it was quite a profound moment actually. Because when she heard us all describe our view of the human person, what is a human being? And uh, she heard uh, my co-authors, Jane Caro, was one one of the authors. When she heard Jane give her sense of what a human person is, no more special than a rose or a starfish or a horse. That's what we are. We have to face up to this reality. We're not special. And you can contrast that with the incredibly elevated picture that Christianity brought to the world of every single life, every single human life being made in the image of God and therefore so precious. as this sort of bestowed worth. When our atheist friend heard that description, she was really shocked and it really set it back. And she, she'd had a difficult period. She'd had a stillborn child mm. and a very profound moment for her, obviously. And when she heard this description, she said, you know what, I don't know what I am. I'm not that, though. Mm. Uh, I can't believe that that's all a human being is. And so I think this sense of trying to tease out the implications of our beliefs are, are really important, as well as recognizing the incredibly good news that Christianity offers to people. It does speak powerfully into these sorts of questions. Who are we as human beings? What is my place in the world? Is there eternal 
significance in the, in my life, or am I just kind of a tiny speck on the you know the seashore? And so NCLS does a little bit of that work for you, doesn't it? You know, it it mm. sort of stratifies where everyone's at. Yes. It, it actually paints a, a bit more positive picture. You know, you're a glass half full person rather than a glass <laughs> half empty. Yeah, I try to be. Anyway, I, I don't get overly depressed by this just because I feel like the message is so important and powerful mm. and, and mm. positive. Um, so yes, it's more complex than sometimes the surveys let, led you to believe. So I remember Hugh McKay talking about, for instance, this is just an example, where he says that 88% of people who don't go to church, so non-church going people, are still glad there's a church in their area. I find that really interesting. There's a much bigger group of people who call themselves non-practicing religious and spiritual and one i like to talk to that group you know some they might be a bit annoyed by the church or they haven't been brought into the community for some reason or perhaps left it uh what what are they thinking about life because i just don't think that people even though we have this quite large group in australia who tend to tick you know atheists these Mm. days it's a much larger group than you than i imagined i still don't think i kind of want to talk to that people have a have a drink have a chat what are they thinking when they say that because i don't think they believe that the the world is utterly material from bottom up mm-hmm. no one lives like that or almost no one lives like that's true so i think there's there's opportunities to talk about that and stimulate good conversations and you know Christians have to get better at this, being part of their communities, being out with people, living life, being in relationship. Because there's another really alarming stat, Scott, that I know you've heard, which is that two-thirds of people in Australia don't Mm. have a meaningful relationship with someone who's a Christian. I think that's a problem. And the more that you have people uh, out in their communities, living life with people, in, in real relationships, true friendships, not just kind of treating someone as like a target, of evangelism, for instance, true, true relationship, then the more you're going to disturb those kind of caricatures of Christianity and I think invite people into that vision of the world. You want to, I always say, you want to be the church that people know they don't go to. <laughs> yeah, right. We, right. We're just not known. Yes. Um, and look, I love, the thing I do love about that story as well, it connects some of these things you've been talking about. One is they know you guys. And so the weirdness of Christianity is still there, yes. but they know that you are different and think differently. And then they can engage with the ideas in that context as well, which is hugely important, I think. Um, so uh, just as we kind of draw to a close, it, you are an optimist. You are an optimist. Uh, would you say the tide is coming back in? Is there hope? What should we be looking for? Well, whatever place we're in, we ought to recognize that, whether it is or not. Like, who knows? The history could it could get worse before it gets better. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm of the belief that we we got to be in the community we're in, making a difference, serving people. Because I tell you what, people do respond well to that part of the Christian activity in the world when you're advocating clearly and working on behalf of people other than yourself and then having a good reason to explain why you do that. And, uh, you know, I'm up for that. I think people do respond to true love and true service. And then there's a really important conversation to be had at that point. Excellent. Simon, each of the podcast we have, we have a one thing at the end. What's your, what's the one thing, one short thing that you want to leave people with when it comes to Christianity in Australia? Christianity, when it's lined up against the alternatives, alternative faiths, but also alternative worldviews, when it's understood at its core, because I know there's all sorts of stuff that gets in the way and is difficult, but at its core, when you understand what's at the heart of Christianity, 
in my view, it is the most beautiful, most compelling, most coherent, most livable, and most hopeful vision of, of human life that's available. So I sometimes say to, say to people, imagine if this were true, uh, and then try to sort of encourage deep thinking about that. I love it. Well, thanks, Simon. It's been really uh, great having you on our 100th episode. Uh, because it is our 100th episode, I reckon it's really important to uh, recognize uh, those people that have actually made the 100th episode possible. Uh, and, and one of those key people has been Mark Hadley. Uh, he has prodded, prod, you know, uh, wrangled us with Excel spreadsheets, but really pushed us uh, to to keep going in, in what is you know a difficult space, just getting up and uh, doing 15-minute episodes all the time. But Mark Hadley has been excellent as our producer uh, for most of these uh, 100, well, all these 100 episodes, actually, all these 100 episodes. Uh, the other person to thank as well is uh, Daniel Lim and, and Todd Atkins. Uh, they have also, uh, you know, put the idea in our heads a, a number of years ago and uh, likewise have, have poked and uh, prodded as well. So uh, thanks to those three uh, gentlemen for uh, uh, really helping us uh, get this podcast off the ground. Oh, in. I can't think of a better way, actually, to finish a hundred episode than that one thing there. The gospel which shapes, which transforms, which creates beauty, which creates hope uh, and eternal life. That's a great way to finish a hundred episode. Simon, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks. thanks for having I'm me. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Mm-hmm.